0: This
1: is Scripture Read Badly, a podcast where two grown-up pastor's kids discuss the stories of the Bible in chronological order,
0: attempting to avoid heresy and generally having a good time. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Ryan. Sit back and rejoice.
1: Today's verse is an odd one. It comes from Exodus fifteen twelve. You stretched out your right hand and the earth swallowed them. This is once again a good example of when the Bible gets it grammatically wrong. <laughs> this is Scripture Read Badly. I'm Jeremy.
0: <laughs> My name's Ryan and I have no idea how that happens. If you that stretch out your right hand and how the earth can... Sw- is it like Jedi swallowed powers? Swallowed both of them? Happening? Well, no, I was more
1: pointing <laughs> it out. Oh, I see. <laughs> he stretched out his right hand singular and the earth swallowed both of them.
0: Oh, man. So, um, co- you know,
1: sometimes of you Of course you'd be things. thinking of
0: that. You'd be thinking that way because of your language lessons that you're taking. You'd think yep. of you singulars and plurals. Wow. Yep. See, I didn't even catch that. That's why you're on the show. It's for for things like that. Because I That's read why I scripture need
1: you. badly. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I do.
0: Well, one might even argue that I was the one that read scripture badly because I didn't even realise what I was reading wasn't worded properly. So, Well,
1: I have a feeling it probably refers to something earlier, but if hmm. you just take things out of context, which we
0: love to do, right? <laughs> what are you talking I- about? That's oh, incorrect.
1: I don't talk. <laughs> I don't refer to anything in reality.
0: We don't take anything out of context whatsoever. No, Ooh, I think home ice cream's coming. Can you hear that? Oh, there was a bell.
1: No. Just a ago. Oh, I think I heard the bell. Is Home Ice Cream like. I don't know what. Is that it's... like the National Ice Cream Company now?
0: Yeah, the one that goes around in the trucks. It's not Mr. Whippy. Mr. Whippy plays green sleeves, but. Yeah,
1: uh... Mr. Whippy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> du, 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 du. I think that happened the other week when we were recording. But no, there's Home Ice Cream coming up and down our street right now, ringing the bell. It's Does the Mr. name Whippy's... that rings a bell. Oh, yeah, ding, I've ding. seen
1: that ad. But does Mr. Whippy still exist?
0: Yes. Uh, Although I don't know if it's actually called Mr. Whippy. It might just be called just a generic ice cream van name. Maybe something she took it over.
1: (laughs) Or just the Whippies, because gender (laughs) non-conclusive.
0: The Whippies. Alright, yep. That works. Uh, Today, we are talking not about Mr. Whippy, but about Exodus chapters 15 and 16... Yeah, because and they got
1: out of slavery, so they're away from the Mr. Whippies
0: of Egypt. Away
1: <laughs> <laughs> See? Away. <laughs> Brought it back to Mr. Whippy. We can talk about Mr. Whippy all day.
0: Alright, I concede. Let's do it. But
1: but fifteen yes. is pretty much Moses' version of a Bob Dylan song about what just happened.
0: Yes, but it's also Moses breaking out as in a spontaneous musical number. Which sure. I think is it's absolutely It's so bizarre. And so then this is... Right away, I'm thinking... Surely some time had to have passed... Between when this happened... And when these... When Moses and the people of Israel... Collectively, apparently sang this song... Unless it was like a spontaneous breakout worship session... In which case, there's one person singing all these random verses... And then they come up with a hook... That everybody sings for Just maybe some oo oos in
1: time.
0: the backyard. Yes. Oo oos in the backyard. That sounds In the great. backyard! That's definitely that actually, what I said. That sounds like some <laughs> kind of 70s do up band or something. That'd That's be pretty, pretty cool.
1: Two and a half million backup singers and just yeah.
0: one guy in the front.
1: <laughs> and then someone breaks out a tambourine.
0: Yes. So good. All right. So, how do you think this happened? Do you think they uh, they just crossed the Red Sea, turn around, and they see the Egyptians being swallowed up in the waters, and then Moses goes, <clears throat> one, two, three, there can be miracles! <laughs> or do you think it was more something like, hey guys, I have this idea, in order to remember what just happened, let's commit it to song, because everybody remembers musicals way better than they actually remember the real events. So then they kind of talked about it, Moses uh, hired um, the... Uh, a couple of composers and lyricists and stuff, and then he had this big presentation. Maybe they built a stage in the wilderness and had some some uh, some glowworms and and fireflies to light up the stage. Um, I feel like, like that. that is
1: exactly what happened.
0: Because mm-hmm. I think uh, that type of thing happens in VeggieTales quite often. So oh, I'm pretty sure that's how it happened back then. Because that's the only really historically accurate account I've ever seen. Um, VeggieTales? Yeah.
1: Yeah, me too. I've seen all of the (laughs) VeggieTales. I love that
0: show. Alright, well, speaking of things that you've seen, uh, why don't we give the (laughs) listeners a little bit of a... uh, give them a bit of an overview of how we prepared for this episode, starting with you.
1: Okay, so last week I finally watched the Prince of Egypt movie. Hallelujah! yeah, I don't remember much of it because I was drawing at the time, so I just looked up every so often and I'd like vaguely be like, Oh, that sounds like a nuts nice song. But so there were if bits I and pieces
0: that I what? If if I were to say things like, Deliver us you go, Oh, I recognise that and yeah, you're playing that. with the big boys now. Yep.
1: Yeah. And okay. there were times where I was like, Oh, that's what Ryan was talking about. Yeah. But <laughs> Yes,
0: <laughs> finally the hosts yep. know what they're talking about.
1: So good. So maybe I'll watch it again. And then I woke up and did something this morning, but I don't remember what. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lent. So last night was Ash Wednesday for us. Who'd you lend something to? What?
0: Did you say you lent something? (laughs) Ha, (laughs) ha, ha, ha. What'd you lean it against? Who'd you lend it to? I lent
1: against the door. No, I didn't. Uh. And for the last few weeks, I've been excited for Lent because I've never really done it properly. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to give away or like not give away, but just give up, uh, unwritten media for the month. And so like I've oh. deleted Netflix and I'm not going to listen to as many podcasts outside of like the Christian realm mm-hmm. and I'm just going to read a ton. And so this morning I got up and usually I watch something while I'm eating breakfast and I was like, Oh, I can't do that now. Yeah. So I read some of this awesome book and Is it the the so Bible? No, it's called the prophetic imagination by cool. Walter. Because the Bruggen. Bible is
0: boring, so that's fine. No,
1: the Bible <laughs> I'm gonna talk about for three hours with you now. So. Oh yeah, that's right. I thought. No, no, no. Oh, we're only we're only
0: gonna talk for half an hour to, half an hour to forty five minutes. We're not yeah, gonna give away all the secrets from behind the curtain. We don't
1: we don't talk about the Bible ever. Never. So that's how I prepared, and I made some really gross tea. What did you do? Wait,
0: wait, wait. What type of tea is it?
1: I think, I think, because it's in another language, I think it's dandelion, but I put...
0: Um, Dandelions honey, are weeds. Enough.
1: Yeah, yeah, dandelion tea is a thing. Oh, maybe, what's that yellow flower tea? Chamomile. D- it's chamomile, oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong flower. And I put <laughs> not enough honey and, like, old lemon that's been in my fridge for two days. <laughs> And I think it's the old lemon that is making me want to die, but I'm going to drink it because it's good for me.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Old lemon. That no, sounds I'm like repaired. a really crappy old car, you know?
1: Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Well, it, I just cut the lemon in half and use half of it and then put the other half in the fridge. And so I just... It's not old,
0: it's just fridgey. Right, it's uh, second-use lemon.
1: Second-use okay. lemon. Mm, 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 that sounds delish. <laughs> what, what did you do to prepare?
0: Uh, to prepare for this episode, I... Uh, I went to work today. Cleaned a couple oh, of people's houses. Listened to... 15 podcast episodes. Whoa, uh, sweet. Because I could do that at my job, which is pretty awesome, but... What wasn't awesome about my job today was, in order to get into a bit of the uh, the psyche of what's going through the Israelites' heads, walking into the wilderness in this part of North East Africa, I yep. decided that both houses that I went into today wouldn't have air conditioning. So oh, okay. I would just be so working. you sweat and...
1: over everyone else's houses?
0: Oh, completely. Yes. <laughs> no. What happened was... Cleaning. <laughs> I have a couple clients who actually let me use the aircon, which is fantastic because on the Gold Coast, this time of year, it's really hot. But then, so I mean, earlier today it was 31 degrees, but according to the weather app, it felt like 37, which I completely agree with because it was really disgusting. But in these people's houses that I went to today, the first one had fans and the fans didn't do anything, and the second one didn't have fans and I didn't know how to use the aircons, and I didn't know if I was allowed to use the aircons. So I was just... I was... When I was scrubbing bathrooms, scrubbing showers... You know how in bathrooms they don't have cooling systems? It's mostly yep. just an exhaust fan and maybe a heat setting? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, I was sweating profusely. So now I I can kind of empathize with the, the, uh, the Israelites as they're exiting Egypt and going into this the desert because i know how it feels to be a slave yeah to be a slave and to metaphorically be wandering around aimlessly (laughs) in the bathroom yeah (laughs) but seriously it got to the point where i got home ate some food sat in front of the air conditioning for (laughs) 45 minutes and then sat in the pool for half an hour And then took a cold shower. (laughs) And and now I'm feeling kind of okay, but a little bit sore from scrubbing showers, but no. Uh, The weather here is okay. How's the weather where you are? Is it similar?
1: It is very similar. It is just (laughs) ragingly hot. It's like the opposite. Yesterday, no, 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 this morning it was minus eight, but it felt like minus 17 is what my app said. And because yesterday was minus two and felt like minus four and it was like blue skies, beautiful sun. I woke mm-hmm. up this morning and I was like, man, I wanted to go out today. <laughs> so I don't think I'll be going out today. But there's no, uh, sn- there's less snow. There's still some snow.
0: Okay. Well, uh, before we jump into this musical number, I just want to stay there for a second. Now, there's something that's always kind of bothered me about the... Musicals? <laughs> no about the feels like part oh, of yeah, the yeah. Uh, the apple weather app and and even even considering wind chill wind chill is one of the most frustrating things i'm sure you yep. have canadian friends who say things like oh yeah today today it was like t- uh minus 26 degrees but it felt like minus 40 yeah and yeah and like it. oh what? That okay <laughs> yeah thanks um yeah. So they're basically saying it's minus 26 degrees, which is disgustingly cold if, yeah. if you're thinking Celsius or Fahrenheit. But they're saying with the wind chill, it's minus 40, which is you cannot survive in that. So you're basically housebound or vehicle bound if you have a really good heating system, and even then yeah. there's no guarantee. But the point is they get to the point where it's so cold that they say, it's minus 26, but with the wind chill, it's minus 40. Therefore, I'm surviving minus 40 weather, so therefore, I'm the coolest guy in the world. Well, Canadians are probably
1: the top three coolest in the world.
0: Yeah, alright, I understand that. But then if you go the opposite way, to somewhere like the Gold Coast right now, I was in 31 degree weather. But with the humidity and whatever the heck else was happening, it felt like... It's the wind chill. 37? Yeah, that's right. No, but I I would say something like, and I even said it earlier, it was 31, but it felt like 37, therefore I survived 37 degrees, therefore I'm really awesome. Yep. But we don't consider in hot weather the wind chill, you know, the days where it's (laughs) 32 degrees, but it feels like 26 because of the strong wind. Oh yeah yeah. You never say today it was 32, but with the wind chill it was 26. I don't then think you I've just... ever said that about anything. <laughs> exactly, and I don't think anybody would because you're basically giving up the mantle of being able to survive extreme weather by saying that. And then True. similarly, uh, go to where you are in the world say and you're -8 degrees, but it feels like -17. But consider this. If it was minus 8 degrees, but there was a strong warm wind coming in from wherever it comes <laughs> in from, the south, then you wouldn't say, it's minus 8, but with with the wind, the, it, it feels wind like 2 warmth. degrees. Yeah, the wind warmth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because then you're conceding uh, being able to survive extreme weather. So that's just, sorry, that was just a little rant. Just for the benefit of the listeners. Just something to think about. And next time your friend says, it's minus 40, say, no, actually, it's minus 26. I know it's a cold wind, but really, it's only minus 26. So, just And then give
1: them an award for living in extreme circumstances.
0: Yeah, that's right. Because that's what they really want. People that say things like that. That's really what they're after. Um, Okay, so we are in Exodus 15. Jeremy, what is your interpretation of this song and dance and everything that is happening uh with the israelites on the other side of the red sea
1: i kind of imagine me going through the sea and then getting to the other side and it all crashing and then almost being in shock and then it slowly dawns on me like whoa we're free and our enemy is dead and they're mm-hmm. just starting to do, like, a happy dance, except, like, uh, I'm in shock happy dance. And then yeah. out of that happy <laughs> dance that I'm in shock of, maybe I start singing some words. Right, And I yeah. think it is a mixture of what you said before. Like, they needed to record it to remember it for the future because the Jews mm-hmm. did that all through their history. But yeah. also, when you come out of something big, I have a tendency to react with dancing or just like whooping like woo yeah Mm -hmm. boy and then if I was more intelligent with words in the moment Mm -hmm. maybe I would write an amazing Bob Dylan ballad right so maybe maybe Moses led it maybe someone else led it and maybe it was just a natural reaction Mm -hmm. to what had just happened which is quite huge mm. um but then it's also interesting that that goes on for 18 verses and then yeah. just a little bit further on miriam who's the sister of, Ar- of aaron so did she live in egypt or did she live out where abraham was living? No, no no i mean she- not abraham moses
0: she, she lives in Egypt. She was the okay. one that followed him when he was in the basket down the river, so...
1: Boom, okay. So yep. she has some kind of clout with the community and then her song goes for one verse and is very... Yeah. succinct. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like the United Pursuit version.
1: Yeah, exactly. And maybe but- they sang that over and over again for a while yeah. and the United Pursuit fans were like, this is much better. This is the best worship I've ever yeah. had. <laughs> Whereas, like, the hymn singers are like, no, let's get the big words out. (laughs) Wow, this is like a pre-echo of the church. Wow. Yes, completely.
0: Yeah, and this is, I mean, considering that, it basically is uh, showing the entire body in unity over this music, because it's... In both styles. Yeah, totally. It's it's saying that Moses and all the people of Israel sang this massive hymn outlining in detail the events that just transpired.
1: Yeah. Without instruments. And then they added the instruments. Oh
0: yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then, uh, and then Miriam goes out in front of everyone has a solo and it must've been quite the thing to see because, uh, it's recorded in the Bible it isn't just yep. somebody over on the side singing their own thing it was actually uh some kind of dedication to God and it seems as though there is space for both of those things and I think that yep. would be a really beautiful model to uh to replicate in today's church to yep. have to have some space for people that prefer the traditional hymn songs as well as people that like the modern songs Um, without uh, making either party feel isolated or lesser. Yeah. Yep.
1: Because there's two and a half million people out there, so some of them have got to be craving a sweet breakdown and a trumpet line, but they didn't have either. (laughs) (laughs) That's just like church now too.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Come on, church, get that breakdown. I wonder what instruments they actually had, because you've seen or at least listened to the Prince of Egypt now. So, you know that when they were leaving, they were singing There Can Be Miracles. And so I'm thinking, uh, OK, it's actually called When You Believe, first of all. but um, <laughs> where Just for the those? record. Yeah. <laughs> Surely this, the music wouldn't have been diagenic music. Is that what it's called? When the, the I don't know what that word is. I think it's when a character, when the characters inside of a movie or a TV show can actually hear the music that's playing over the top, or they interact oh. with it, um, yep. like a yeah, busker that's on be the diogenic. street. Yeah, um, surely when they're leaving and they're singing "When You Believe," there wouldn't that wouldn't be music that they could. If it was real life, they probably wouldn't have had instruments happening just then because everyone would have been plundering the Egyptians their arms would have been full of jewelry <laughs> and stuff um, sure. and full of children that were not dead so then I, I wonder would they have would that have been seen as gloating would that perhaps have provoked the Egyptians to go after them sooner if they had have actually been walking away singing? yeah that's a good question. Unless
1: the songs were less gloaty and more just like freedom. And then that's less gloaty, I suppose.
0: Well, I mean, but, walking away from someone that's just enslaved you singing freedom isn't the God, least true, gloaty that is thing is out very there. Gloaty. <laughs> it's like, na 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 we're all free. Um, it's like so quitting your yeah, job be... and then saying, I just quit the worst job <laughs> in the world.
1: <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Or maybe if it was in their language The Egyptians wouldn't know
0: Hmm.
1: And then it's not as gloaty But then that's an interesting thing That it could be very gloaty And that's what goaded them Into chasing after them
0: Yeah, I don't necessarily Think that that was the case I think they saved the singing until they were free clear of yeah. the Egyptians so I think once they're on the other side they finally feel the freedom to be able to praise God about it because until this point they were being led by God but there was always this fear that they were being pursued Yeah, um, because we saw that in, in chapter 14 I think it was, they were saying Moses I think the Egyptians might come after us um, and then Moses had to reassure them that if God brought them out of Egypt then he would deliver them so, yep. this, it's this massive relief of tension, and I'm sure, I'm very, very sure that that would have resulted in a lot of celebration, lots of horse voices. Um, horse voices? Like the horses <laughs> started talking? <laughs> hey, lady! Oh, man. Yeah, it's like strawberry from, uh, from the magician's nephew. Um, uh, what's that? That's that's book by C.S. That's Star Wars book. No, it's Narnia. (laughs) They're my two go-tos. Yes, so like you said, there would have been a couple million people singing, and I'm sure, I'm sure there would have been lots of uh, cheering and everything. But maybe if there were just a few people that quickly penned this song, and I'm sure it would rhyme better in their own language, but. there are a few there are some lines that you could maybe make rhyme for example yeah. the, uh, in verse 1 it says I'll sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously the horse and his rider he is thrown into the sea so it kind of feels like Ooh, a spoken hello. word the Lord is my strength and my song he has become my salvation this is my God and I will that praise the- him my father's God and I will exalt him but maybe in uh, Hebrew, it does rhyme. Yeah, and maybe they were going for more of a prose thing, so they didn't True. really need for it to rhyme. Some people do love prose. Yeah. Well, some people also love amateurs, so at least there's a place for everyone. Um, yeah. But it is, it's is—it's some very poetic language, so even if it is prose, it's definitely a written... Uh, I don't think it's prose. But it is written as poetry and there's uh, you can tell by the indent uh, <laughs> and the fact that it's centred. That's usually how I can tell <laughs> what's poetry in the Bible uh, or at the very least some kind of spoken word. So he's using or they're using some very poetic language. Um, for example, verse 8, At the blast of your nostrils the waters piled up the floods stood up in a heap; the deeps congealed in the heart of the sea. Ooh, that verse—that verse itself is absolutely amazing. I am flabbergasted. I—I I, I think we should have that one read at our wedding because that's just so. The deeps congealed. out of the sea, <laughs> just like. Ugh, Man, you need some coagulant or something. Yep. That's disgusting. Mm, mm, mm. But even the blast of your nostrils. Yeah, I think that would be so awesome. funny to have
1: that at your wedding, like just yeah. randomly in the middle, like love and love, and then at the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled <laughs> yeah. up. It gets on really theatrical to read it. Yeah, that'd be sweet. The and deeps congealed
0: in the heart of the sea. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be this to God. This is the word. Of the Lord. <laughs> oh, oh man. That's too good. I feel like this entire chapter was made for us. We could keep going yeah. back to this well for yeah, weeks man. on end <laughs> without episode introductions. <laughs> um, what I think is interesting is that uh, even though there's some very poetic language, language that we recognize from later in the book of Psalms, and we know that Moses himself composes a psalm, and I think it's Psalm 90, uh, if my memory Ooh. serves me correctly, um, and... It is basically the same thing, but I think more in-depth and with a bit of a different spin. So uh, keep an eye out for that one when we get there in about three years' time. But I think um, the interesting part of here that I want to look at for a few minutes is verse 14 onwards. And it says, The people have heard, they tremble pangs have seized the inhabitants of Philistia. I don't know if that means they have diarrhea or what.
1: Oh, they definitely do.
0: Now are the chiefs of Edom dismayed. I mean, sorry, now are the chiefs of Edom dismayed. Trembling seizes the leaders of Moab. All the inhabitants of Canaan have melted away. And it's basically saying no one's going to stand in our way because God is with us. God will reign forever and ever. It's awesome. So that's really cool, except what I want to look at here is Edom. We remember that Edom were the descendants of Esau, and we know that Israel is the descendants of Jacob. So even though Esau and Jacob had a very beautiful reconciliation, and they buried their fathers together, and it seemed as though they left on fairly good terms, we remember that Esau... uh, Was he the one that had a couple of daughters? No, that was a lot. I'm getting my my people mixed up. He had
1: a bunch of kids... to many different women who are like wigs in
0: different civilizations. True, true, that's right. He married outside of the bloodline and that made his parents upset. Unbelievable. And then that gave birth to the whole Edomite nation. Um, so we're seeing here that clearly the Edomites have taken up residence in some part of the Promised Land and God is not with them. So I wonder if... I mean, this would this would kind of be like... This is a bit of a stretch, but like us, you and I, we have, uh, we have British ancestry, so yeah, we do. So it might kind of be like maybe in a hundred years' time, the uh, Anglo-Saxon descendant Australians going to England and saying, "Yo, we want this land," and they're like, "What the heck? You guys left us." or we sent you there as criminals in the 1700s, and so now you can't have any part of this stuff off. So maybe yeah. there was that that kind of... Uh, I don't know if it would be so much of a rivalry as estrangement, maybe. Yeah. Um. So they know that they share a common ancestor in Isaac, except they haven't... Because they've been in Egypt for 430 years, they haven't really made an effort to reconcile with this other nation that potentially could even be grafted into the promise still
1: I, and I think we'll see when we get there that God gives them all chance to be regrafted.
0: grafted
1: <coughs> like the whole just war theory was you would come to a city and God would give them an ultimatum like we're gonna ruin you unless you give us the city or join us or blah 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 Yeah. and then that would give them a few days to respond and then if they didn't respond they'd give them another ultimatum to yep. make sure that they understand, and then they would ruin the city. And so, and I think the Edomites were one of the civilizations that God told them not to touch for a while. Like, they were almost told to walk around Eden. Oh, okay. Cool. I think that was one. It was one of those that they were related to somehow.
0: Hmm.
1: And maybe even they had food and water bought off them. Anyway, we'll get there. But, yep. yeah, it is interesting that whole thing of returning to land because then you think about Australia as it is now because the whites stole the land off people that already lived there Yeah. and is that almost what God's leading his people to do but then because he gives them chances all the time like it almost be if the white people came and said hey aboriginals we want some of this land oh no that's not the same But, like, if they're like, hey, Aboriginals, we're going to take this land and give you this to compensate for the land that we're taking, and you can join us on that land, or we're just going to give you money for the land. Because ultimately God Mm. was going to bring goodness through his people.
0: Yeah, maybe, but I feel like it would be more like if white people had lived there originally, and then they left and were replaced by the Aboriginal peoples, which obviously goes against the term Aboriginal, um, but then came back hundreds of years later and said, yeah, this okay. used to be our land, we want it back, and we you will have our blessing to live here if you allow us to essentially reclaim our, our own territory. Yeah. Um,
1: But then what constitutes... Oh, oh, that's the wrong word. No, it is. What constitutes ownership of land? Like, how do you own it?
0: I don't know. Surely there was someone there before someone.
1: Yeah, exactly. But then that goes to the whole idea of stewardship. Like, it's not our land. We're just taking care of it. But then who decides who gets to take care of it? And is that why the Edomites were kicked off? Because they weren't taking care of the land properly. Hmm. And so part of the ultimatum was, hey, I'm God, I made this land, and you're not taking care of it, so you can take care of it if you want, but if you're not, I'm going to get my people to take care of it, and to do that, I have to destroy you.
0: Ugh. I really don't know how to feel about the conquest of Canaan. Um, I do what I don't.
1: Okay. You should read um, the Greg (coughs) Boyd book that just came out that's like 1,500 pages. Huh? Huh?
0: That huh? sounds like fun.
1: 1,500 pages?
0: Maybe I should give up all media except written media just to try and get well, through that.
1: That's what I'm hoping. I've got five books to get through, and then after that I might look into buying that 1,500-piece ridiculous book.
0: But, but I'm doing a bachelor's degree first. of digital media. How do I What'd give up? I'm doing a bachelor's degree of digital media. How do I give up digital media for Lent?
1: Well, everything that you the don't degree. need so Uh, I'm still curating an Instagram account for YWAN, so I have to use digital media for that but like the amount of time I spend watching Netflix that is just pointless and TV series that I've watched before and have you ever listened to the podcast Dragon Friends? No. It's like Dungeons and Dragons played by three and now four Australian stand-up comedians and it only has three seasons but I think I've Listen to all three seasons like 10 times because I listen to it when I go to bed. And so part of it was like, why am I putting the same pointless stuff into my brain when I could be putting good stuff into my brain? Hmm. So that's what I mean by digital media. So you could keep okay. doing your degree, but just get rid of the stuff that
0: distracts you. Right. Okay.
1: Well, wow, that was a random tangent. That's yeah. not in Exodus.
0: <laughs> Look, I don't even know if we're going to get chapter 16, but. We are. I think we're in the habit of doing that with our listeners. Sorry, guys. We don't mean for this to happen. But But we just. Maybe
1: 15 (laughs) is all about that, that we're talking about. Like, they're getting the memories into them and not stupid songs that have nothing to do with anything. They're making up songs to remember the good stuff that God is doing with them so that they can remember it into the future instead of learning, like,. Rap songs that talk about having sex with lots of ladies, and it coming back up into our head and like singing it under our breath accidentally. They'll have this song, which is like "God saved us, yeah, vuvuzela." So maybe that side tangent was perfect.
0: Maybe this podcast is, in fact, a metaphor in itself. Agreed. Yeah. All right. So.
1: Definitely read scripture worse.
0: <laughs> yes. Verse 19. We promise we'll at least finish chapter 15, guys. Ooh, we're getting there. 19. Verse, <laughs> verse 19 said, uh, I can't tell. This doesn't look like it's the same song because the quotation marks have ended. But Yeah, I, and it goes
1: back into almost descriptive prose, but then it yeah. repeats itself. From yeah, like so 14.
0: Yeah it it does it repeats itself saying that the chariots and stuff got washed away but the people of Israel walked on dry ground in the midst of the sea but then it says then miriam the prophetess the sister of aaron Ooh. and obviously consequently moses took a tambourine in her hand take that everyone that thinks that percussion instruments are of the devil the devil and all the women went out after her with tambourines and dancing take that and out, dancing isn't
1: from the devil <laughs>
0: Yeah, basically, percussion instruments, including the drum kit and dancing, are okay to worship the Lord. They are okay. And that is
1: definitely the worst
0: way to read this passage. Yes. Like, Uh, look at
1: this one time!
0: Oh, here's some interesting wording. Then Miriam sang to them. Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horses and his rider he has thrown to the sea. That one rhymes. Um... But it's also basically a paraphrase of the first lines <laughs> of the the rest of the people's song. So that is that is kind of like a contemporary worship band taking a few lines from Amazing Grace and then making a 15-minute song out of it. So <laughs> I guess that kind of makes sense. But it says Brilliant. that Miriam is a prophetess. What do you take of that title?
1: That God loves women and thinks that they should be championed more? Come on. Smile. <laughs> uh Because prophets because Moses was in, in theory a prophet because he was challenging the status quo with truth and an imagination for freedom and liberation. Hmm. And so maybe Miriam was good at that in her circles and now she's doing it again by singing back to them what God just did and hopefully giving them a bravery and a boldness to keep hoping for the next step because they're in the middle of nowhere so they will need a lot of boldness to follow this god that they sort of seen hmm but yeah I wonder what her um role and her influence was at the time like did all two and a half million people know who she was
0: um yeah this is kind of the it's only really the second mention maybe since Moses returned to Egypt Of Miriam. It's possibly only the first. Um, But obviously we remember Miriam from the beginning of the Book of Exodus. She was Moses' old sister. Um, We don't know if she's older than Aaron or not. Um, It seems that Aaron was only a few years older than Moses, so maybe Miriam was older still because she followed the baby and no parent would allow a three-year-old child to wander after a baby in a basket. But... um, We remember that Moses and his siblings were part of the tribe of Levi. And so then this is... We know that Aaron becomes the first priest over all of Israel. But this is actually really cool to see that Miriam is labeled a prophetess because then that shows her Levitical role within the broader scheme of things. Um, So Moses is the leader, Miriam is the prophetess, and Aaron is the priest. And so right from the beginning of... The uh, the re-established nation of Israel, we see this beautiful synergy. Is that a word I'm still allowed to use between? uh yes. <laughs> between these three figureheads, I guess within the nation. Um, see, uh, You're allowed scene. to use that word too. Good, good. Thanks. I might just ask you every third word that I say, just in case it's figurehead,
1: right. toast. <laughs> Can I say toast? <laughs>
0: oh man um, something else that I quickly want to point out is that when Miriam is saying sing to the lord for he has triumphed gloriously she is singing to the the women that went out with her with the tambourines but yep. if you do look at the first line of the actual big song it says I will sing to the lord for he has triumphed gloriously so I, I wonder if it was a call and response type of thing what well, she True. was saying, sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. Yep. This kind of reminds me of that song Ancient of Days, where it says, it, it breaks off into this part where the leader of the song says, your kingdom shall reign over all the earth. And the rest of the people oh, say, yeah. sing to the Ancient of Days. <laughs> um, Baptist, <so>, he's yeah. <laughs> times. times. I, I wonder if it was something like that. Bit of a call yeah, and response cool. thing, as, as a bit of a says
1: all women.
0: Yeah, I think. Oh, did every woman have a tambourine? What the yeah, heck? And knew the song. And knew how to dance. That's so cool. I wonder if this was just a, a big break in the middle of it. So maybe it wasn't a contemporary worship style of oh, the, the bigger thing. But maybe there was this big breakdown. It was right in the middle or Whoa. right at the end or something. But it was a tambourine dancing breakdown. So maybe they had yeah, that's all these syncopated rhythms guitar. and stuff, and, and kind of did a stomp the yard thing with slapping their arms and stuff. <laughs> um, and meanwhile, Miriam is singing this thing over the top, and the the women are echoing. And that that, that would been quite the thing to see.
1: That shows that breakdowns can happen in church. Even Praise more, him. this is such a good chapter Praise for church him. services.
0: Oh man, we love this. This is so good. Okay, uh, let's move on to this last little part of the last five verses of chapter 15 then. Can you walk us through the bitter water made sweet, which is almost a tongue Uh, twister in itself?
1: Yeah, and this is once again another of those human weaknesses that in the midst of huge miracles and liberation and going through the sea, still we need water... And if we don't get water, we start complaining very quickly. Like, wah. Yeah. And then later in 16, wah. Like, I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah, and we could have stayed in Egypt e- eating meat every day. And you're like, yeah. what? You were yeah. slaves, you idiots.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But we do it with our lives. And so they were three days in and they couldn't find any water that they could drink. So um, they, they grumble and... Moses hears from the Lord that he needs to throw a piece of wood into water which somehow makes the water sweet
0: well I, I wonder which, if um, they used to I remember my dad talking about poly waffles which used to be this uh, chocolate covered marshmallow thing that were a, a bit of a treat in Australia back in the day and if you went to a public pool and you uh, you dropped a poly waffle in the pool it would kind of expand a little bit and look a bit like a poo Um... <laughs> So I wonder if it was something like that where God showed him a log, but really what he showed him was, was a polywaffle. And then Moses, poly Moses just chucked it into the water and the water became sweet, but everyone got out because it looked like a poo. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, the first person
1: is just like, uh, I don't think I'm going to drink this water. <laughs> There's a big poo in there.
0: Did you just put the big poo in there? Come and then on, Moses man. says, It's right, guys. It's a polywaffle. Waffle. It's made of sugar. It'll make <laughs> the water fine. sweet. It's all good. Look, I'm doing it. I'm
1: drinking it. <laughs> then he has to drink it for them.
0: <laughs> oh, worst. Oh, man. Oh. But then people probably would have been desperate enough at that stage that they would have known it was too bitter to drink because they would have tried to drink it already. <laughs> oh, true. So. Like, what? Are... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't care about the
1: polywaffle.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And then
1: yeah. Uh, God makes a statute for them at that time where he promises if they diligently. Oh, my words. If they <laughs> diligently listen to his voice. Yeah. Then uh, he will put none of the diseases on them. And he sticks to that. There's a time later where they don't stick to his voice and instantly all of these diseases come yeah. and some guy has to kill a lot of people to mm. stop the disease and you're like, that's a little harsh, but yeah, it's crazy. he makes this deal with them and they agree and yep. then they find this place called Elam, which is where 12 springs of water and 70 palm trees are, Whoa. which 70 palm trees for me is like that's a lot of palm trees, but we've yeah. got two and a half million people <laughs> you kind of need more than that yeah so <laughs> would they have, they would they have had
0: to take shifts or something and... Yeah, like, I want to in the the <laughs> Oh, man. Twelve springs of water. That is... That's definitely a lot better than just one body of water with a polywaffle. So... Yep. yep. Probably good enough. Um, Very good. sweet. Well, that brings us to the end of Exodus 15. Do you have any closing thoughts Ooh. on the chapter?
1: Um... Lately, I haven't been drinking enough water, so my lips have gotten dry a lot quicker than they used to. So I'm curious what they would have been like in the desert without Mm. so much water. And did they have water bottles?
0: They would have had water skins, I'm sure, because they would have them in Egypt too. True. Mm. That's wise.
1: Uh, That's my thought.
0: Okay, great. Well, I'll leave you with a piece of advice, and it is to make sure that you buy enough pairs of underwear so that if you ever find yourself going away for a few weeks, you never have to do your washing once.
1: Uh, yeah, I'd agree with that. I think I've probably <laughs> got three weeks' worth.
0: Yep, I think I do too. So then you just pack them all, and then a few shirts, a few pairs of shorts, and go away for three weeks... And you get back to all your washing at once, and you're still wearing a clean pair. So, look, that's uh, it's a bit of, uh, bit of a tip that I would have given the Israelites as they left Egypt. Make sure you pack all your undies. Yep. Yeah,
1: they would have had to pack. I don't think they had undies. They just had man dresses.
0: Yep, alright. Fair the enough. The ladies. a oh, different story. Oh. <laughs> I'm not a lady. I don't know about that stuff. Even the ladies had man dresses. Alright, that's it for this <laughs> week, everyone. Or at least this episode. We'll see you guys in a few days' time. Take care.
1: Bye!